Section 10 of A Short History of France by Mary Duclos. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Pamela Nagami. Part 2, Chapter 3. The Communes or Towns Unions, the Rise of the Middle Class. While the feudal nobles reigned uncontested over the woods and fields of France, the old municipal Roman spirit still lingered and strengthened in the towns. The words courier de courion were forgotten, but the magistrature and the town council which they designated were still full of life. The consuls in the south, the jura or echevin, sheriffs in the north, still ruled the city, subject to many quarrels with the bishop or the count. At Auxerre the count declared for the burghers against the bishop. At Amiens the bishop supported them against the count. If south of the Loire, where Roman law and Roman customs still prevailed, the cities easily attained their independence, because from time immemorial the bishop there had been their chief magistrate, a defensor rather than a baron. If Toulouse, for instance, counted kings not among her overlords, but in the list of her allies, it was far different in the north. There the arrogant spirit of feudalism had penetrated even the church, and in the towns within the influence of the Rhine or the Meuse, the bishops in their pulpits called the burghers of great cities by the name of serfs. And in all the cities round the Somme, the N, throughout the ancient stronghold of the Franks, the struggle was stiff and strong, and never really ceased until in the fifteenth century the monarchy at last consistently organized was strong enough to engulf and assimilate all that was left of feudalism and commune alike in the third quarter of the eleventh century the movement began doubtless by a reaction against the abuse of feudalism and with an impulse as universal and as spontaneous as that which had produced the birth of chivalry le mont led the way in ten sixty six an easy date for us to remember since it is the year of the battle of hastings and cambrai followed suit ten years later soon all the north was on fire with civic enthusiasm noyon beauvais laon saint quentin amiens soissons sens reims all snatched from their overlords their rights and their charters snatched them with effusion of blood and arms in hand the citizens met in their churches and market-places declared themselves associated in a free communion or commune swore to maintain each other in their common rights to submit to no oppression and to endure from no overlord the title or the treatment of serfs commune says guibert de nogent who wrote in the twelfth century commune is a new and odious expression which signifies that burghers liable to be taxed at their lord's pleasure will henceforth pay him once a year the sum they have agreed on and no more and for any crimes they may commit they can be fined only according to an established rate the liberty which these burghers of the eleventh century fought and died to defend was but a particular and a material freedom the right to come and go at will the right to buy and sell to leave their fortune to the heirs of their body undisputed by an overlord the right to fight their own battles and maintain their own order 
it was independence that they sought rather than political freedom they were purely local and france was covered from the sum to the south with a sprinkling of small republics free indeed but most divisible indeed with no central interest at all to bind them it was a progress toward freedom the seed of liberty but from the standpoint of unity it was something of a falling off the centre of town life was the belfry the visible sign of the commune which was removed when the commune was suppressed its great bell was the voice of public duty the announcement of fire or of the approach of the town's enemies or sedition and at that clang the burghers of the town would assemble each bearing his weapons they assembled often the establishment of the communes was the first step to freedom but it did not make for peace and indeed sometimes in reading these records of endless strife and bloodshed we appreciate the saying of that old clerk who wrote that there were in the world four sorts of wranglers whose tumult cannot be surpassed a herd of snorting swine a roomful of angry women a chapter of canons and a commune of domineering rustics the strife between the bishops and the mayors was incessant at least in the north of france veritable battles raged between the municipal and the ecclesiastical forces battles in which the bishop possessed a formidable arm for the prelates of the church ruled with a double title not only as feudal lords but as guardians of the patrimony of st peter holding property in trust for a great spiritual corporation in twelve thirty five the archbishop of rheims excommunicated the burghers of that commune damning them with the anathema of a perpetual malediction may they be accursed in the city and accursed in the country their goods accursed and their bodies accursed may they perish to all eternity may no christian greet them may no priest say mass for them may they be buried in the grave of the ass and scattered like dung on the face of the fields this appalling sentence was read in all the churches of the diocese nor was this all the doom was pronounced contagious whosoever shall have eaten drunk spoken or prayed with one of these shall be excommunicate even as they the burghers of rheims had no weapon in their armory which could oppose such an onslaught they took their grievance to st louis who while securing the archbishop's authority and upholding his rights obtained from the fiery prelate a written signed and sealed engagement that he would treat the burghers with humanity a document which the king gave into the keeping of the sheriffs of rheims and had the anathema removed the church also showed herself extremely hostile to the creation of communes at least in the north of france in twelve thirty five the synod of paris denounced the synagogues that is to say associations which usurers and extortioners have constituted in nearly all the cities towns and villages of france which synagogues are vulgarly called communes and have established diabolical usages contrary to the organization of the church and tending to the upheaval of her jurisdiction 
the church even more than feudal lords or jealous king was the stumbling-block in the path of the communes if their rise had been rapid from ten sixty six to the end of the following century thenceforward their decline was as swift by the end of the thirteenth century their condition was almost hopeless civic freedom failed not only the struggle against church and feudality and king but administrative cares financial difficulties the public bankruptcy of town after town destroyed the life of the communes these little federative republics with their spirit of sturdy independence their courage their enterprise were doomed to death but they had lived long enough to nourish in their walls and under the shadow of their belfries the heirs of all their dreams those solid burghers third order of the nation henceforth assigned as coadjutors to the nobles and the clergy who from thirteen o two onwards should take their part in the deliberations of the states-general under a title obscure at first and modest but destined to renown the tiers etat the communes had not lived in vain they perished as separate entities only when the citizens of france were reckoned with and represented in the government of the country end of section ten